You are listening to Christina Explains It All, a deep dive into the soul podcast. I'm your host, Christina King. I'm a certified life and mindset coach, and you can expect to hear conversations that come from deep within your soul on this podcast. We will talk about life coaching, personal development, personal journeys, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and so much more. Join me for our episode today. I know you will love it. Take care and let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is Christina Explains It All, a deep dive into the soul podcast. I know it's been a while since we've released an episode, but a lot of great things have been happening. I have a lot of amazing guests lined up, and I have one of my guests here with me today. Her name is Crystal Cave. We met through uh, the IGC community, Inner Glow Circle, our coaching school that we went through. And Crystal's going to share her many, many lives that she's lived and her very unique journey with us today. Thank you for being here, Crystal. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I think I'm like a cat, even though I'm a dog person. I've like <laughs> lived nine lives, even at like 36 now. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. So we were talking before and you're a New Yorker originally like I am, which is wonderful. Yes. yes. Born awesome. and bred upstate New York strong. <laughs> and remind me where you are now. I forgot. I think you're West Coast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm in Portland, Oregon, which actually like is probably the most random place I could have ever picked <laughs> for me to be. But you know, I'm trusting God has a higher purpose here. And I, it, they do keep yeah. it weird here, which I guess sometimes works for me. So, you know, all good. It is what it is, right? Yeah. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners how you came to be in the industry that you're in and the industries you're continuing to be a part of, um, wherever it started for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those, those of you who are not familiar with myself, I, uh, am Crystal Cave and I, uh, currently have a brand called the product visionary where I help, um, entrepreneurs market and launch their products. And I mean, really, it's not that I even came here, it's like, I was literally born into retail. My grandfather um, was Bob Higgins, who started the largest entertainment retailer in the United States. Like I grew up going to our stores, which were like the FYE stores. And I mean, like my, my whole life is weird, right? Like I, when you think about it, it's like, I do not live normally. I was not brought up in a normal way. And for the longest time, I actually felt so much guilt about it because I knew how blessed I was. Like my parents would tell us growing up and like, I can think of stories just like growing up being like not understanding this amazingness that I was brought into, but then also trying to like seemingly integrate into like the rest of society when like my life just and experiences were not normal. Like who's meeting Britney Spears three times by the time they're in like seventh grade. <laughs> or something like I literally had a wall of fame I called it in my locker it was like all pictures of me with famous people's it was like a 90s kids dream right like Backstreet Boys uh Uh, I think there was even like BB Mac in there does anybody oh I remember that (laughs) oh my god yeah Yeah. so like I mean I my grandfather like started this company he I he always talked about how he went he went into the bank on February 14th 1972 and he took out a $30,000 loan and by the time I was in college I mean, the business was literally doing 1.51. I don't think necessarily should be like replicated because that's like a monster and our world is different now. But, you know, 
I grew up, I was the oldest grandchild and I grew up going into my poppy's office. Like he taught me how to read like analytics reports when I was probably like five or six years old. I would like highlight them for him. Be like, if it's above a certain number, highlight this. Okay. Um, And so honestly, like I growing up, I was like, I'm going to be the CEO of my family's company. Little like my grandfather didn't even know this. This was like not a discussion that we had. I just like decided one day, like that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Though when my grandfather, my poppy asked me what I actually wanted to do for the rest of my life, I was like, I'd like to be a fashion designer. And he literally called up his friend. We were like sitting in his car on his speakerphone, probably like 2000. And he's like, and calls his best friend. He's like, Jeff, what is the best school in the world for Crystal to go to if she wants to be a fashion designer. So by the time I was 16, my plan was to like go spend a summer in Italy, learn Italian when I was in high school, then go to RISD, get a fashion design degree, and then go and get my master's in Italy. And I say this to say, you will see how some of these things have come full circle in my life. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I ended up, I like went to a really amazing all girls boarding school. I was like, I need to get out of my small town and like, somehow like convinced my parents to send me to boarding school which was like only 30 minutes away but that was still a big deal that wasn't something that like was normalized in my family like we barely went to private school in my family um and I think like there's something like I see about my mom and her siblings that they all feel like oh they're tough because they like you know went to a public school right and I think there is that like grit that they had in them like even my grandfather didn't get more than a high school degree um but that was something he always missed out on. So growing up, he was like, I want you to be able to go to whatever college you want. And it's like really beautiful that he's been able to like give me a foundation. He was able to give me a foundation in my life that now I'm able to like see so many things and really be that like visionary in my life because I did have such blessings. It didn't give me like so many limitations, but you know, I grew up and I was the heavier girl. Like I always felt like imperfect I hated my body and I always felt like if I could lose weight then my life would be able to begin and it would feel perfect and all that stuff right so like I was clearly a normal teenage girl (laughs) growing up with the Britney Spears era of like Mm -hmm. you know low-rise jeans and all that and was like I still low-rise jeans but like yeah it's just (laughs) so crazy so I ended up going to business school I went to Bentley which is out in Boston for my undergrad um And then ended up going to Syracuse for grad school where I studied advertising. And while I was there, I actually did a business plan competition over at the business school. I was in the communication school and I think they thought it was like such a novel thing. And I'm like, really? Um, I mean, like I went to business for undergrad. So it like didn't seem like too far-fetched for me, but like they kept seeming impressed by it. It was like, whatever, you can do what you want here. But I had a bunch of food allergies that I had found out because when I was going into my senior year of high school, I found out I had fibromyalgia, which is basically a diagnosis of no diagnosis of chronic pain. And um, I had to eat like so modified for so long and I'm living in like Syracuse, New York. I had to go to three grocery stores just to do my shopping every week, like as a grad school student, it was really insane. And so I came up with this idea called Simply Sensitive. And it was this concept of like, basically what Thrive Market is now, but you could put in your food allergies and it would give you food that you can have and then ship it to you. Um, I ended up, I didn't advance to like the end, like the final, final round of this competition, but I made like the, like the top 10 to 15, I think. I still, I guess I can't remember at this point, but I ended up winning this award called the Dreamer and Doer Award, which I think like really much represents like how I've been 
in my career and as a person where it's like I will vision things but then I actually like get shiz done and I will actually do it and make it happen like I'll figure out the team or whatever I need to and so you know I ended up graduating like in 2010 from my master's which is like you know height of like recession um I mean like I feel like it seems like we've had chronic financial issues in our society since crazy supposed to graduate yeah um so I like slightly avoided probably the bad part of it but I ended up going and I worked in advertising um I got a job out of my master's thesis at Hasbro's ad agency which is part of Omnicom which is one of the larger um or at the time was one of the larger um, advertising firms. And I mean, I honestly, like my fibromyalgia got really horrible during that time. I was really like not, like I was just in pain all the time. I loved living in New York City and I loved my life there, but I like was really miserable in this job. And I think it started to manifest in a lot of pain really quickly in just a few months there. Um, And then I ended up deciding to leave the job. Um, it just like wasn't a fit, right? At the end of the day. And I got my real estate license. And so my plan was to do something in fashion. That's what I had always wanted to do. I mean, I even concentrated in fashion advertising in my master's and in undergrad, I helped start a fashion business club at Bentley. So like, I like was bringing in personal stylists. I knew who Rachel Zoe was before everybody knew her and oh, who she wow. was today because like I was into styling and all that. And so I go into real estate and I actually did really well. In my third month, I was in the New York Times. I was the top salesperson in my agency. I kind of became known as like the short-term specialist because I would tap into people coming out of college because my thought was you get them for the summer and then you can rent them again once they want like a fuller term lease or they get their offer the next year or whatever. And so I kind of saw it as like a longer term game. Yeah. And so um, that ended up being the reason I got into the New York times and this article called Hey, short timer park it here. And it was when I was with my second real estate agency that I actually got recruited to be on the marketing side of it. And it ended up being like, it was the real estate version of like the devil wears Prada to me. Um, <laughs> like I was on the agency side um, with my, the real estate agency I was a part of. Um, so we were doing the marketing and leasing. So it was sales and marketing, but the person I did deal with on the developer side was, well, she ended up being like the niece or something of the CEO and I think was always trying to prove herself, but like really probably if I look back at this, like, you know, 10, 15 years later was like probably a little over her head and like mean to everyone because like she felt inadequate, right? Like oh <laughs> it was goodness. just really like a horrible job. I was like not happy. I couldn't even get like a 15 minute lunch break without people like giving me crap, which is illegal. Um, very like very toxic. Um so I ended up, I like was on jury duty and I was so happy. And I was like, maybe I'll go to law school. And I came back to the job and they're like, so we didn't know when you were coming in or whatever, like you're going to, we're firing you. <laughs> I was like, also illegal. Like I literally should have sued these people like 10 years ago. Cause New York state, like always sides with the employee I found out. Um, mm-hmm. so the thing is like, in like, I would stay later sometimes. And then I'd like, you know, do some of the admin work. And I was looking at this place called the school style, like secretly. So, and so like, 
at night for myself because what I'd always wanted to be was a stylist and somehow I'd like found myself into real estate and I thought like okay well design and fashion like they kind of go together I grew up and you know like I always had interest in real estate and all of that type of stuff like I almost looked at like flipping homes when the 08 recession happened but I was like you know a plucky 22 year old that knew jack shit so <laughs> it was like you know I was like maybe like let's do a few more things first but um yeah I ended up um literally like I'd been in LA because uh, we were visiting my brother who was in Southern California at the time it was the first time I'd ever gone to LA I came back to New York and then 72 hours later was back in LA like decided to book my flight and enroll in the school of style in like August 2012 or whatever it was and it's like then I feel like that's where like everything that's truly led me to where I am now began I ended up working as a celebrity stylist within a year I was working on Taylor Swift's team with her stylist Joseph Cassell and I mean all of this was really just by trying to be like a human and make connections and work hard just because I grew up in the fashion or like in the retail and entertainment industry, I think a lot of people who knew me growing up thought I had gotten all these things because of who my family was. And actually mm -hmm. like 0% of it was because of who my family knew. I actually didn't even think, I think at the time to be like, Hey, Poppy, can you like hook me up with all these people? I was like, I'm going to network this myself. And I mm -hmm. did. And so within like six ish months, I went from being like an intern to working on Taylor Swift's team for the original red uh album release when she's like dating harry styles and <laughs> i have like so <laughs> many funny days. stories oh my gosh i know um and that was actually like i actually picked up the haters gonna hate t-shirt from where they like bedazzled it because i think it was from like anthropology and they bedazzled it and they made it into a bodysuit and i had to pick it up and like somehow through a miracle of god made it to um Burbank so they could fly it to the Billboard Music Awards where oh, she wow. ended up opening it up like the next week and they had three options and I remember them being like so so do you like them and I think I don't I don't know like a messenger essentially at this point wow and um I remember I just like there was traffic because there was construction at Burbank and like I was technically like a third stylist, right? Or third mm -hmm. assistant stylist. And so I give it to the second assistant stylist who like ran up to my car and then like threw it in a suitcase <laughs> to bring it to Vegas. Um, but I really realized like it was awesome, right? It was great to be like in my mid twenties in LA. I was working all the time. Like I had no commitments to everyone, but I was really clear that like at the same time, <laughs> this was not what I was going to want to do forever. Like I didn't want to build right. a career and have kids with this and um, I ended up being in an accident when I was officially moving from New York to LA and I had a piece of glass shoot into my eye and I lost my vision and I ended up having four eye surgeries. And that's actually what brought me into kind of the coaching space is that I went through Sarah Jenks program called live more way less. Um, actually I'd gone through B school and then found her through B school. And I like wanted to start a blog at the time and I didn't know like what exactly to do it in, but I was like, you know, I'm plus size. Like I've always kind of struggled with my weight and like but I've always figured out a way to be stylish like that was my way of self-expression so I was like maybe I'll do something around that and so it was in part because of that journey that I ended up finding Sarah Jenks and kind of getting into the coaching space and it like within a few months completely changed my life and it's like um like amazing that like when you're ready the teachers really do appear and mm. 
I ended up having a vision on a retreat I was at with her of like, you had to like take something out of underneath your seat or something like visualize this through meditation. And I like opened up and it was like something that contained all my style knowledge. And then I kind of realized like at the time people weren't really doing online, um, online programs in the way that it is now. Like everybody has an online course, it seems right. Right. And I was like, nobody's done like I know nobody who's done an online course for styling, like this would be a really interesting way to do this. And so I ended up launching Not So Skinny Style School, which um, was, I came up with like Not So Skinny because it's really what I think now you would call midsize, but we didn't have that term at that point. I like made this up. I was like, it's really, I'm just like, I didn't want to say like the average woman, but the average woman is a size 16, 18. Right. And so I was like, you're not so skinny, but like, you're kind of in between. I'm like, I remember like sitting in a mastermind thing with people and we were doing that, but then it ended up like within a couple of years, I realized like it just felt very limiting because I truly believed that great style had no size. So like I launched this Mm -hmm. course to like actually immediate success. Like obviously I put in the steps over six months to launch an audience build. And I had 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 my blog for like a year or a year and a half by the time I did launch that. And um, I, I don't know, it was just kind of interesting how then that kind of opened up for me. I realized there was actually a lack of good, like plus size clothing or for people who were kind of on that edge between straight and plus size. And so I had this idea that I just couldn't get rid of, which was to start my own apparel brand and like, you know, go back to that conversation I had with my grandfather, how I like (laughs) wanted to be a fashion designer. Like so many girls love Project Runway and wanted to be a fashion designer. Not everybody does that. Right. And so it was seven years ago that I just had this like aha moment. And I was like, I'm going to go to design school in Italy. I like looked it up. I thought I was going to the place that I had looked at with my grandfather. I later because we like went to Italy when I was 13. I later realized that was not the same school, <laughs> but it was, they were both in Florence. I would like walk past and I was like, oh wait, yeah. that's the school. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean like same city. Right. And it was the pro- right program I needed to be in. Um, and like, that was really great, but it didn't really teach me how to launch a brand. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up enrolling in factory 45, six years ago. And within six months launched uh, Poppy Row. And we did it via Kickstarter and I raised $30,000, almost $32,000 actually in 30 days um, Mm -hmm. and like really validated this idea. Um, While I was in Italy, I had been in a bathroom and it was the summer and really like I drink so much water and at the time didn't realize I was diabetic. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I was going to the bathroom a lot as well in jumpsuits, which are like chic, stylish and comfortable that I could wear, mm-hmm. right? And so I came up with this idea of a jumpsuit you didn't have to get naked into to go to the bathroom. And it ended up inspiring the whole initial line, which was modular, which means all the pieces can mix and match. So like you could use the same wrap top, but switch out the pants for a skirt and create it and make it look like a dress instead of a jumpsuit. Um, and so that's initially how I started Poppy Row several years ago. And I mean, like, We've had over a billion people, like we've had press that's been seen by over a billion people worldwide. And um, then last year, like over these years, I've actually now been a mentor within Factory 45. I had gotten my coaching certification when I was running the style school because I realized I'd wanted to go much deeper. And that's uh, Katie DePaula, who started IGC. Yep. 
um, was actually one of my dear friends when I was first in my business. And she was, I think the first person I admitted to that I wanted to go to design school. And it was like, I remember her being there and like, we were both having, I think like the worst <laughs> weeks of our lives and some things. And she was yeah. like visiting me in LA where I was in a short-term rental. And I was like, I think if I keep going like this, like I will die. Like it was very dramatic, <laughs> but it was like literally was how enough. my soul felt. Yeah. And so I did do that program. I went through, I launched and then, you know, I started to build Poppy Row and Last year, I ended up, I was in Portland. Um, turns out a few years ago, I was introduced to someone when I was in New York for my first like PR event and my friend set us up. She thought we'd be a match. Two years later, we really started dating, but we were long distance. He happened to have moved to Portland in the middle of the pandemic. Turns out he's like a narcissist and uh, I think not actually into women, but that's, you know, I will keep that stuff private. But like, I do think he really was struggling with his own sexuality, which like, all I can do is pray for someone with that, right? Like, if you're confused about yourself, like, at the time, I felt like, why can't I just make this person love me? But like, because of my own body journey, I had learned to love myself, but I never like, I'd been so scared to be in a relationship that the first real one I was in, like, in my early 30s, because like, I'm always a late bloomer, it seems, but (laughs) um was so toxic. And I didn't realize that like was not normal. And like, that's not what actual love is, even though I was brought up in a very loving household. I have awesome parents and like, you know, I'm very family oriented. And I was like, okay, like we all have our inner demons, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up like out here in Portland and I decided I was going to move. I signed my lease two doors down from this guy. Cause like we had talked about getting married and moving in together and everything. And it was kind of fast, like, you know, mm-hmm. like a month or whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's, you know, time is relative, I think. But to me, I was like, okay, like I've been waiting my whole life for this. And <laughs> I tale. also had like started helping my grandmother. Yeah. Fairy tale. I remember in my general confession, uh, I said to my priest, I was like, what started out as a fairy tale soon turned into a nightmare <laughs> because <laughs> it was like, this guy says he loves me. I think I've like found my person. Right. And so it's like, then I'm like totally killing it over here. I remember like Tori Spelling had promoted Poppy Row, and I was like total dream moment. And like, then I'm like coming out to like, see this guy that I like really was like falling hard for. And because I had been in the pandemic, I had actually gone from being in LA back to New York, helping my grandmother because she had broken her hip. And then I was like literally running Poppy Row out of her basement essentially Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and everything. And it also was saving me money too, right? Like there was a lot less like financial pressure that I had, but it was a lot of stress because I was doing that mentoring in factory 45 and running an apparel brand while like helping to take care of my grandmother in a pandemic. So there was a lot happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think like, I literally needed this guy as like my out. If I'm being really honest I need like I wanted anything at that point because I was having a really hard time like standing in my own power and my desires of what I wanted. So a lot of therapy later, uh, <laughs> I've now realized that that like that was really affecting me. And so I lived in Portland for eight months uh, after breaking up with this guy two doors down from him. He broke up with me the day after I signed my lease, Oof. but I still had the chutzpah to like come here and like live in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still in. He's since moved out. 
And the day he moved out, I was dancing to Taylor Swift's We Are Never Getting Back Together (laughs) and danced into a wall and got a concussion. (laughs) Like my brain literally went into my spine and I couldn't remember it. Like it was such a disaster. Like that is a whole podcast of its own. Um, Hmm. But in the process found out I had ADHD and like I basically rebooted my life in the last year. Um, I ended up like becoming Catholic and finding God like in a or I say like, it's not even that I found God. I always knew he was there, but I actually repaired my relationship with him in a way that like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I just, just feel unconditional love. So even the moments when I like, I can turn to God and that has helped me so tremendously. Um, and I officially became Catholic this Easter, but in that process, I also have just like been redoing my life. Cause turns out I had diabetes that was horrible that my doctor should have had me on insulin like three years ago, it turns out. And so like all this stuff happened, like literally last year, oh <laughs> all my at goodness. once. And then I thought I had met someone else who was like actually emotionally available, but like kind of a mess otherwise. But he was the one that kind of inspired me to relook at Catholicism. Cause I had gone to Catholic school my freshman year of high school and almost converted then. Um, but I was raised Protestant. So it was like, it was interesting. Cause I feel like all these puzzle pieces just like really quickly came together for me. And I was like, you know what, I have been building this brand and I don't like it anymore. And it just like suddenly hit me. Mm-hmm. And so initially I was like, okay, I'm going to just wind this down. And then like, I'll figure out what's next. Like, you know, I have my mom being like, you need to like, go get a real job. And I'm like, but this was a real job. Like, like Something I'm a big created. girl, like take me seriously. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it has been quite the journey. And in that process, I was looking at jobs, but realized like, I, I love marketing. I really do. And so that's what brought me to creating the product visionary. Initially, I thought like I'd show the behind the scenes of building Poppy Row as a TikTok. And then we'd also have like the Poppy Row TikTok. And then it's kind of morphed into its own thing now where I'm actually taking the things that I've loved doing over the years, which is like when I mentored in Factory 45, like I was so happy. I almost liked doing that more than running Poppy Row at that time, which I think I just didn't admit to myself in ways. Um, And I was able to bring all these things together that I've experienced in my life, my experience as a, a successful business owner, as someone who's launched and created a product, multiple products that are award-winning actually, like both digital and physical products I've created over the years have won awards and then be able to do the coaching thing and kind of set up my life to finally work where I can actually think like, okay, if I want kids in the next like five, 10 years, whatever the timing is meant to be at this point, um, I actually can do that. I'm not so freaked out that like my business has overtaken my life. Cause that's really how it felt a lot of times when I had my brand. Um, so right now, like I know we were talking a little bit before the podcast, like my plan is to relaunch Poppy Row. Um in a very different way than what I had done it before. So like, I'm literally rebooting it and redoing it from the ground up. But really like my focus these days is the product visionary. And that's the stuff I love talking about, right? Like, I don't want to talk about style all the time. Like I want to talk about how to like optimize a marketing funnel, (laughs) how to create content. Like that's the stuff I nerd out about, right? So Mm -hmm. that's my very long, like, how did I get here thing, which is basically (laughs) now the whole podcast, but (laughs) welcome to my neurodivergence. (laughs) I feel like that's your story should be like a book or a movie or something like so many great moments and so many pinpoints and realizations of, okay, I need to take a different turn. Um, So I think it's really cool how 
you honored what you wanted, your intuition, and you worked hard to get to where you are today. And you've been through all these different stepping stones to really yeah. get there. And that's, that's super cool. I loved hearing your story. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oversharing this. <laughs> No, it's all, it's all a part of who you are today. So that's, yeah, that's really awesome. It's how God made me, right? Like, yeah. and, you know, I, I think I've been so afraid my whole life to talk about God even, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause I've always felt this connection to him in a way that has been different uh, than I think like other people experiences, experienced it. But I also was like, so scared at the same time. Right. And then for me, my faith journey has really like influenced a lot of like how I show up day to day now <clears throat> and really helps ground me. And I feel like it's like, it has been reiterated to me so much that like, I truly li- have lived despite a lot of the things I've been through my life to exactly how God made me like right out of the box. Like that's literally what my priest said to me. And <laughs> also that I'm hilarious, which I was like, oh, thanks. Like I used to be friends <laughs> with a bonus. bunch of comics, but like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, we shouldn't take life too seriously, even though I've always wanted to just be taken seriously, right? Like there's that part of me, but yeah, I mean, I love that Steve Jobs quote, Steve Jobs quote is, uh, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And Mm -hmm. I really feel like that's how I've lived my whole life. Like I've just had faith and trust in it. Um, and so it's really been a magical thing, even if like it didn't seem so linear of like, okay, I started out as a junior marketing assistant, then I went to senior and then I became a VP and then like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, like I was able to build upon each things and then like really listen to my intuition of like, okay, I think this is like what's next, right? Yeah. <laughs> envision it for myself. So I would love for you to go a little bit more into like what's your stance on personal development, you know, self-improvement. And I know you said, you know, we met through our coaching school. So I know that yeah. you very much believe in that, but I love to know like your journey with yeah. personal development. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I'm a lifetime student. So I think like, to me, that all just really goes hand in hand when I do think about it kind of like objective, like more, like larger 360 view of my life. It's like, I love school. I love learning. I always thought that made me like a big nerd, but I'm really like not really a nerd. I realized because I'm like the guys that are too nerdy, I just can't totally get down with. Like I can meet them, but I'm like, that's just my not my inner essence, right? Like, so that's part of my been part of my exploration process. But I mean, like, I think part of it started with going to like Weight Watchers when I was younger and doing like weight loss programs, not realizing some of the things that I was doing at the time was personal development. Um and I think when I was younger, I really was doing these things because I thought I needed to fix myself. And really my viewpoint now is like, I do things so I can become more of myself. And I think when I look at like, you know, 10-ish years ago, when I started kind of in this like personal development world, like more intentionally, I I think then like I felt very broken and I just wanted to feel free, right? Like mm-hmm. I just... I think especially when you're like in your mid twenties, there's a point where it's like, you're reckoning with who you are and what the world says you should be. You're like what you're, who you've grown up around has said you could be. And a lot of what like their world views are. And like, I think I was very fortunate to have grown up around like an entrepreneurial mindset, people that were good at sales. Like these are things that I think I naturally show, like those are areas I shown, like I shined 
Mm-hmm. I, like my light was able to shine, shine really bright in because mm-hmm. I love connecting with people and seeing who they were as well. Right. And I think I was doing all this personal development and putting so much money into it, like just trying to fix it. So I could like, my life could be again, my life could be again. Right. And then I was like, well, I'm living my life. Right. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to like, I have to keep waiting. I, I'm like, do I need to keep waiting for my life to begin? Um, And so it's really interesting because I think the big thing for me with like my, I guess we'll call it my conversion last year was that it was the most profound sense of peace, like going into the parish that I'm a part of and going to mass for the first time in like 20 years in a Catholic church. I felt the sense of peace I hadn't for so long. And I said to people, like, I am like a month into it. I was like, I have had more, I have made more progress in my personal development for free in a month (laughs) than I have the last 10 years and multiple six figures spent on coaches and everything. And I think part of it was that like, I learned all this stuff, right. But I was like, so scared to really trust myself and like F anything up. And for some reason, I think just knowing it was always going to be okay, God was always going to love me, really helped bring me a sense of peace and understanding within myself that I hadn't had previously. And some of it could have been more of that like puritanical, like evangelical upbringing I had, which doesn't really reflect, I will say my parents. I think it just happened to be the churches that were like in our small town in upstate New York. But because like I've talked to my mom specifically about some of this, the stuff that like I realized had impact impacted me so much. And she's like, and I'm like, I didn't see it impacting my siblings who were younger. Right. And so she's like, yeah, no, that's not what I believe. And so it really was a healing journey. I think for some of the things that were put on me as like the oldest child in some of these environments. And yeah, I mean, like, I really feel like, especially as an entrepreneur, like if you're not doing personal development, are you actually an entrepreneur? I don't know. So true. It's really true. It's like, if you're not working on yourself, then how are you able to, you know, support others in your business? I think yeah. it's, it's important to invest in ourselves. And I heard a saying once by someone, I don't remember who it's like, when you're working on yourself, you're working on your business, especially if you yeah. work for yourself too. Yeah. I think that's so true. And it's really interesting. Cause like, you know, I talked about not really dating until like now. Right. And I think I was always so scared because I wanted someone else to validate me. Right. Like that's what so much of my life was like my achievements at school. Like I was very competitive, but that's because I wanted to like prove that I was worthy of whatever someone's love, but it wasn't, I wasn't loving myself. And so I had learned to love myself, but there was still a way it wasn't fully integrating. And at least for me, this wouldn't be everyone that I feel like going and becoming like repairing this relationship with God last year really just helped things really fully come to a place of peace and understanding for me that like, I feel like permeates my entire soul. And I mean, even when I'm dating now, it's so much easier. Cause I'm like, you know, I had someone earlier this year, he like tried to avoid me and then something happened because we like are in the same social circles and he like got really drunk and blew up at me and then we're sitting out on my porch and I'm like what did you like we live in the same building how did you think that like you could just stop talking to me and avoid me and he's like I didn't want to hurt your feelings mind you this person's younger right and I was like I am like at this point I was still 35 I just turned 36 a couple months ago I'm like I am almost 36 years old like you think I need your validation 
to prove who I am. And I can't believe, like, I still can't believe that came out of my mouth, right? Like, I was just like, no, like, you, when you're like, whatever, 20, late 20 something brain oh is like, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's like, if we can just be honest and open with people, like, just be upfront. And that's how I've always yes. been. And our society is so scared of just hurting people's feelings that we end up hurting people more because we're afraid of the consequences sometimes that are going to come back to us or like whatever it's going to be. But if you are really just going out with unconditional love, seeing people for their wholeness and being like, Hey, this just doesn't align for me or let's have a conversation. Cause the issue with this person was specifically, he thought I wanted something different than I wanted from this relationship and freaked out because you know, he's, man um that <laughs> needs like he probably needs some jesus or something like i pray for him every day but like you know he's lost himself right and so he's only dealing with his own conditioning and we're friendly like we'll hang out like not purposely but like we can be in the same rooms whatever now like for a while i thought i was gonna like have to move out of my building and i'm like after all this like i get a concussion and everything like this stupid dude oh my god but like that's the thing where it's like that, those are moments where I'm like, I can see where personal development has been so helpful and not only my business, but my personal relationships. And that's what I think I knew was like, if I could work on the business aspect, it would affect my personal relationships as well. And so it's like, they kind of both affect each other in a lot of ways that I think have been really beautiful where like, you know, I'm dating now and it's like, I'm getting to know humans, right? I'm not like looking for validation and they get to see me. And if they don't like me, that's fine. Like I'm not the person for them. Yeah. It takes the pressure off too. It does. It really does. And I think that's where like, I think it also affects business for me now too. I'm like, well, if someone doesn't like me or want to hire me, okay, like maybe it's just not the right person. Like that's why you have like a sales conversation or whatever. Like we met because we were in a sales course together. Yep, so like, yep. I think that's something that I've even been realizing the last couple of months as we've been going through that as well is like, it's just about human connection and relationships and you can mm -hmm. only meet people as deeply as you met myself. And I have gone to like the rock bottom of my, the depths of my <laughs> soul and the darkness and the lightness. And like, all I want to be is like a light of God in this world. Right. And that's really what I try to do. And I can do that by having direct conversations with people instead of being so scared. Thank you, personal development. <laughs> yeah. Well, the name of my business is Deep Dive into the Soul. And I think that's like the whole theme of this podcast is to have these deep right. conversations yeah. and go deep within. So that way we can just have a new level of like consciousness and be more aware of what we're doing, what we're saying, yeah, what we're watching, reading, you know, it's just, it's about the mental diet too. It's not just like what you eat, yep. you know? yeah <laughs> yes I mean really food can affect so much too and like yes that is that could be a whole podcast for me of like I went to culinary school in high school in France and like I love to cook and even just like me using food to nourish myself I then like found ways to and thank you personal development again like I wanted yeah. to be more social so then I started doing like dinner parties or whatever like you know it's it's great like the people you bring into your life um, when you are in alignment with everything. I mean, even again, this is like, definitely I'm in this era where it's like, I really don't need anybody's approval. And I truly feel that so much. And 
my parents came out to Portland for the first time since I moved here two years ago for my Easter confirmation. And they were like, we love all your friends. And that's like, Aww. my parents have never liked my friends. <laughs> that's like, a big deal then. <laughs> I think they deal. always like maybe thought I could do better than some people or thought certain ones were trouble, but like the ones that were trouble and I'm thinking of one friend in particular, we're still good friends. Um, it was because she would get me outside of my comfort zone. And I was always trying to be that like perfect girl. Now she calls me the like adventurous one, which is so <laughs> funny to me. Um, I mean, like, it's like, she's also done her personal development as well. So it's great because we've been able to grow together. We still have like some of those older issues that I think is just what, how our dynamic formed 20 years ago. But the friends I have now, like, even at my birthday, a few weeks after that, I like people showed up in a way that I always show up for people. And I often felt like I didn't get from other people. And so I like woke up the day after my birthday and I think I cried possibly because I was just so grateful because I was like, my life is so awesome right now. Like, you know, it's not, it's not perfect. And that's what I was always trying to get was like a perfect life. Right. But like, I'm actually so much happier with my life, not being perfect. And like, kind of finding the humor in it I'm like oh lol god like or oops <laughs> did that last night that maybe wasn't my best life decision and like I think I like entertain both the priests and my therapist these days was like some of the things like you know my therapist and I had like and this is where like having the right support is super important I decided mm-hmm. to hire a therapist to help understand my ADHD better and really help me rebuild my life and that was along with and I had like coaches come in on the business side and support there. Um, so I could like really revision everything and kind of rebuild things. I'm continually like looking for ways to support myself. Cause like, I think coaching for me and like personal development is also about giving yourself that support and that team that you, you didn't maybe have growing up or don't have in your day-to-day life. And they're helping you like, you know, move that needle forward of where you actually want to be. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's like, something powerful about that. Like, you can't like top it. Just like working with a coach or working with someone who's in your corner, yeah. it's it's Absolutely. just the best. Yeah, yeah, and the right coach. Because like, I actually had an mm-hmm. issue last year where like I haven't talked about this publicly at all. So I'll try to be also as discreet as possible and not like name names. But I had someone who is you know a coach for neurodivergence that I brought in, and I just knew from the beginning it was so misaligned. And I felt off. I got really sick and all this stuff was going wrong. And I was like, I just couldn't understand. And I was like, started doing my old pattern of like self-blame with all this. And then what I've realized in personal relationships and then also business relationships, it's like, you know, they'll always like, I saw literally like a TikTok earlier today. It's like, do you have anxious attachment or are you just with people that are not meeting your needs in the way you need them or are not your aligned people? And I realized this person wasn't my aligned person Mm. and we unfortunately had a bad falling out. And she was someone that like has so many boundaries up and how she was dealing with things that she just wasn't humaning. Like she wasn't being a human Mm -hmm. with things. And there were so many misunderstandings and like just all her systems weren't working for me. Right. And she's supposedly specializing in neurodivergence. And it, I felt like it was actually turned into one of the spaces that were like one of the least accepting and gentle and understanding spaces and so you know I think that's the one thing that I am very sometimes I'm too trusting like I've learned to hone my my gut more um and I still make wrong decisions 
and I think it's more how I recover from them now. That is probably that journey that I can see like the growth in, but I feel like it's really interesting. Cause like I hired this person, she had not gone to a coach training company. Like you and I had gone, like you can tell the difference. Oh yeah. And we hadn't really had a coaching session, right? Like we talked through stuff and I liked everything. Um, but then I realized like looking back, I'm like, that's maybe part of what it was. And I think I was so desperate to have someone fit in a certain box that like specifically worked with ADHD entrepreneurs. In fact, mm-hmm. many entrepreneurs do have ADHD. Oh yeah. And- myself included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I think cause I was misdiagnosed for so long, like the type a, like former a student in me was like, okay, we're going to like get a plan together. We're going to do all this. Like right now, like let's get it done in five seconds, <laughs> which is also my ADHD. And <laughs> Like I ended up, I was just wanted to like get someone in that I like hyper-focused on this person instead of, cause I had been looking for other people and everybody was like, not really in alignment. And this girl, like, she's like blocked me on Instagram, on Facebook. She like tried to get the whole coaching package for me. I was trying to come up with like an agreement with her. Cause it's like, it just clearly like, I wanted to, at the time I was like, I'll continue, but like she wanted to like stop the coaching or whatever because of like a misunderstanding. And then she decided to report me to the Better Business Bureau about things, which like you can't even do that. Like that's not even what the Better Business Bureau is for. They threw out her stuff, like stuff that I was so overwhelmed with, I brought to her and she put this private information like in this complaint, right? And then was talking, she didn't specifically name me, but like talk bad about me on social media. And so I think the thing I've realized in like our personal development space is like everybody comes because they want healing and not every, like none of us are at that end destination. Like the only time it ends is when we're dead in the ground buried, right? Like there is always a journey around this. So it was, that was a really hard lesson for me to learn because it was really traumatic. Like she found my dad on Facebook and messaged him saying I owed him eight grand, which like, I was like, I like, I don't know. I can't even get into it. And then it disappeared because I think she then blocked him, which like, that's also illegal. Again, she did all these things. So like, we're a little, I'll just say crazy. Um, And I just was like, what is happening here? Like, this is so crazy. I was like, you know, and I just come into the church too. So I was like, God, are you telling me I need to just like burn everything down now? Like I was trying to find the meaning of it immediately instead of being like, okay, maybe this is just an individual that like, clearly needs some support and was misaligned. And I think I was able to recover from that so much easier than I would have been able to a year or five years ago. But I feel like, you know, all these business relationships have taught me great lessons that I now see in like my personal relationships too. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can serve as like a really great teacher for us to yeah. know what to look for when we're inviting people to be in our business and our life or relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Uh, of course. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not uncommon in this world, but uh, nope. I hope that as time goes on, that more people are just know who they're hiring and who yeah. they want to partner with as well. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, you know, I have people that even when I came into product visionary, and doing that would be like, so can I have like references? Have you worked with anybody before? I'm like, well, I have been yeah. like consulting people for years. So like, yeah. I'm like, that's what I really should have been doing even more of that probably at that one time with mm-hmm. everything. But I was like, 
normally people I'd hire had come through referrals. So I didn't right. like think to do that. Right. So that's why, like, I, even when someone asks something like that, I don't question it or get like too up in my head, but then like, let them do their research that they need to do to feel comfortable. And, you know, I don't like resist that at all. Like I want people, I'd rather have someone else talk about me than have me talk about myself. <laughs> Sell myself. Yeah. Right? I could do the marketing for you. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're like kind of at the end here. Um, I would love for yeah. you to share with everybody where we could follow you online, where we can get to know you more um, and keep up with you and all your fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Well, like you were saying, I probably do need a book or something about my life. Which, you do. <laughs> um, I like keep joking that like my life right now is called Portland Place. So, you know, wait for that to come out in 2026, right? Um but you can find me on Instagram is like my main hub at the product visionary. And I also later this summer, 2023 in August, the plan is to actually launch my own podcast um, called the product visionary podcast, where I'll be bringing on uh, product creators to talk about their journeys. Kind of like you're really wanting people to go deep into it. I really want people to hear about the true behind the scenes versus just like the glossy, like, you know, like started this from my grandmother's basement. And now I like have a, million dollar empire that like I live in whatever um I want like the real real stories and so with that I'm also relaunching my YouTube which I had for several years within my styling business with the styling school and it's going to be rebooted um all really focused on product marketing and um you can find me on YouTube at Crystal Cave TV so all the product visionary stuff there will be as well and then productvisionary.com uh, we'll be launching the full site in the fall, but you can opt in for all the goodness there as well. Awesome. Can't wait to see what you do with your podcast and your YouTube. I'll be Thank you. on the lookout. I'm Thank excited. You. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story with us. I really loved it. It's so captivating and I'm sure that everybody listening will, will fall in love with you too. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right.